Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Baby Loss, Grief and Love. My name is Kelly Wells, and I head up the UK's only charity who supports the whole family on their journey through baby loss. My aim is to support and guide our listeners and provide an informative and helpful podcast. This is done through personal experiences, being a specialist baby loss therapist myself, and through the people we work with in a world where sadly we face baby loss and grief every single day. You can check out the website www.makingmiracles.org.uk to learn more about us. Thank you. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's podcast, um, Baby Loss, Grief and Love. Today I thought it would be a good idea to just have a chat to you about the grief differences, um, particularly between men and women. Um, Obviously there are lots of different types of relationships, women and women, men and men. However, there is a large difference between the way a man and the way a woman grieves. So um, this isn't being, you know, excluding any other kind of relationship at all. And I'll talk about that a bit later. But I thought it was really important to consider those differences between men and women and help people understand that this is completely normal in any kind of relationship with a man and woman. And, you know, even perhaps in other kinds of relationships as well. But with men and women, we are so, so very different with our emotions and our roles and the way that we feel when we lose a baby. So I thought this would be a good time to have a conversation about it and to raise awareness. This isn't just to people that have lost. This is for people that are trying to understand maybe um, the behaviours or the emotions of someone they know who has lost, whether that be a man or woman or couple of any kind. So some of the things I thought we could talk about today were around that subject and the reason I think now is the right time to do it is because obviously last um, podcast we had Samir on who is our first male to come on the podcast Um, we've recorded quite a few now but he was the first person who who said you know I want to do this for the dads and I want to try and help even if I help one dad out there feel like he's not alone I want to do that and the next podcast, we're going to be um, hearing from a lovely service user called Imogen, and she discusses the differences in her relationship as well. So we just thought it'd be really important for me to have a chat to you kind of in the middle of those two, because they're quite um, different extremes, um, the way that those two people, those two individuals, one being a male, one being a female, have have um, felt and coped when they've lost their baby. Um, they're not a couple, they're completely independent, um, but we are hoping to get a couple in to talk about this in the near future. So um, look out for that one. So basically, I wanted to just say that as we've discussed so many times, grief is in no way straightforward. We all grieve so very differently and that can be person to person, you know, it doesn't necessarily come down to, um, you know, what sex you are. However, things that can play into grief or the way that we've been brought up to deal with grief is our families. 
So if you come from a family that is very emotional and shows their emotions, very tactile, shares a lot, communicates a lot, you will deal with grief differently than if you come from a family that don't show emotion or say, you know, well, we mustn't cry. We don't want to upset anybody or you're not allowed to cry or you're not a real man if you cry or what's the point in crying? It's not going to change anything, you know, shit happens kind of thing. So if you've been brought up in that environment, obviously the way that you've been brought up to deal with grief is so, so very different. And if you have a couple where one is being brought up in one way and one has been brought up in the other, maybe not so extreme, don't get me wrong. But if you haven't been brought up in the same way, it is tough. You know, I've had I've had people say to me, you know, they'd never seen their, their dad cry. Never. And the first time the dad cried or got upset was at their baby's funeral. And that is so heartbreaking for that that child of that dad, that that son or that daughter who's just lost their baby and is dealing with that grief, but then has never seen someone they love so much like their mum or dad in tears. And then they do. And it just adds to their grief because it's distressing to see someone you love beside themselves, isn't it? And if you're used to sharing that and you're used to coming together as a family to deal with that, that's okay. Because although it's still very upsetting, don't get me wrong, that's the way that you guys deal with it. But if you're on the opposite side of that extreme, that can be quite triggering and it can be very, very traumatic. So there's lots of things to think about when it comes to how we all grieve and differently and different ages and how we've been brought up, etc., The other thing that um, can obviously affect it is religion. We have a special um, podcast coming up in the future about, you know, the way that some religions are different in dealing with their grief. They deal with it very privately. They don't tell anyone about their grief. And some people are in religion, feel very strongly about their religion, but when they're hit by grief they deal with it very differently and it makes them question their religion. Some people don't really feel like they have a religion and when they're hit with grief, they want to find a religion because they want to find some comfort in knowing that their baby is in heaven or something like that. So again, that's a really, really big difference and if you're on completely different tracks with that as as a couple, that can be really tricky to navigate through. To go back to the main differences, as I said, we all grieve so differently. And when we lose a baby, it's a whole new kind of grief because it's something that just shouldn't happen. We all know that we're all going to be born and we're all going to die. We all think, you know, and hope we're going to pass away in our 80s or 90s in our bed, surrounded by people we love or in our sleep really peacefully and that's that's the way we really think about death, isn't it? And I think I've always f- felt that way about death. As a child, I was always told that that would happen. So then when death came to me as a child through actually losing my own dad, that kind of didn't make sense to me anymore. That's kind of similar to how this is with children. We don't ever think children should pass away. We certainly don't ever think babies should pass away because they haven't had a chance to live yet. And it's not natural. Death is a natural thing, don't get me wrong, but it's not a natural process in how 
we believe and we have that instilled as as I said as children and it's only when something like that happens like what happened with me and what happens with people who lose babies that you realize actually it does happen and it totally blindsides you because you never ever ever thought it would happen to you and I think you know when Samir talked about that last week um about him obviously he was so happy and he was so positive he never ever ever thought that would happen to him because we just don't think it it will happen to us and even when I think about death I I know I'm gonna die but I don't you know I don't think about it as in it's real I know it will happen I'm not in denial but you know we all kind of don't question our mortality until something like that happens until we are blindsided by such a traumatic horrendous event that it makes us then very aware of how real death is and um how you know it's it's everywhere and there isn't that natural life cycle that we all would absolutely hope to have um and it does sometimes happen before babies have even had a chance to live and all those hopes and dreams of you know that mum and dad or parent who just you know, let their imagination go and believe that this was going to happen and this was going to be a successful pregnancy because, you know, why would they not believe that? You know, one in four pregnancies end in loss, but we don't we don't talk about it enough. We don't make this known enough. People shy away from it. They don't want to hear about it. It's a very British thing to do, isn't it? We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to be morbid. We don't want to be, um, in a way, realistic when something like a a lovely event such as a new pregnancy occurs but in truth you know with that one in four we do need to think about it and we do need to talk about it and we need to make sure people are aware of um of the risks and you know you could be playing by every single rule in the rule book and it could still happen for no reason and you may never know why and it's absolutely devastating A couple that are thrown into grief will struggle with their differences, whether they're any of those things that I just listed a moment ago or just in the way that they grieve. Generally, a man will see his role of husband, father, protector and fixer. If something's broken in the house, dad will fix it, right? Um, Dad looks after mum. Mum shouldn't be upset because dad will protect her from everything out there that may hurt her or cause her distress. But in a situation like this, that's not possible. That is out of his control. And for a man, that is very difficult to swallow. It is not something that is okay. And that's the thing with life and death. We have no control, do we? It is really, you know, goodness knows um, what will happen to any one of us. I don't want to turn this into a morbid podcast, by the way. I'm actually sitting here <laughs> doubting if I should re-record this. But I think you'll get where I'm coming from. You know, and whilst the man wants to do all those things, a woman may be seeing herself as responsible in some way because the baby was in her body. She might think that she was the one that was meant to keep the baby safe, etc. Or it was her body that let the baby down. And I'm surmising here because I hear these words a lot from women some women might not feel like this but I definitely know a lot do and you can imagine that kind of scenario playing out with that with that man and you know and woman he wants to protect her fix her make it all better 
she wants to blame herself, they're going to clash. If you know of a couple that are going through something like that, you know, support them and hear them because sometimes they can't hear each other. And although we always say, you know, communicate, 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 that is the main important thing with with going through something like this. It's not always easy. And I think because the men don't want to ever upset the woman, um, the woman may interpret that as them not caring or not supporting or not understanding or being distant. And all those types of things are not helpful in a relationship, are they? At all. There's a lot of overthinking going on. There's a lot of, I want to say irresponsible thinking as well, because it's it's not irresponsible. It's probably more unjust and being hard on themselves. Was there something we could have done? You know, could I have done that differently? Last week, Samir said about going back to bed for a couple of hours, about having a shower and doing his hair. You know, they are things that he will always have in the back of his head as if I hadn't done that and we'd gone to hospital sooner, would this outcome have changed? And it probably would not have, but there's always that doubt. And that really plays on both, you know, as we heard, dad's and mum's minds. The mum might be thinking, well, I felt the baby move at this time and I thought the baby was then asleep or didn't, you know, wasn't moving around. Should I have gone and get it checked or, you know, should should I, would I, could I really? You know, it's... So many what ifs are in this scenario, but if they're both doing this to themselves individually, they're going to be worse than doing it together and sharing it. And, you know, the man not feeling like he has to protect the woman and the man not feeling like he can't cry. You know, why is crying such a big deal? Never understood it. When I'm upset, I cry. When I'm, you know, bereaved, I will cry. I cry at watching EastEnders, so I'm not probably the best judge of this. But I'm very aware and open of my emotions. And I think a lot of women are. But why is it bad or why does society view it as bad for a man to be the same and to have that awareness and to show his emotions? I mean, I think it takes a really brave man to be able to do that because of the way society makes him feel he is inadequate and not validated as a human being who cannot grieve openly, which is the most natural thing in the world. You see it on all the David Attenborough programmes. When a baby is lost or a member of an animal's family passes, they grieve. And so do we. It is the most natural process in life. We wouldn't grieve if we didn't care. We wouldn't grieve if we didn't love, if we didn't wish things had turned out differently, if we weren't devastated and traumatised and affected by a loss. So why do men get such a hard, just such a hard time, don't they? But for a man to open up, and to share his grief and to sit and cry with the woman he loves who is going through exactly the same as him. It's different, obviously, albeit because of the lady had the baby in the body. But why shouldn't that happen? Because if that did happen and that happened more openly, a lot of relationships wouldn't feel the strain that losing a baby can leave. You know, we've heard from Sarah on past podcasts, we've heard from Becky on past podcasts, they are no longer with the baby's father. You know, this does happen. 
And it's terrifying because after what they've just been through to then lose another relationship is is really, really hard. And that's obviously what we want to help with when couples come along to our counselling. We want to point out these differences. We want to show them that it's okay for you both to to grieve differently, but you've got to stick together on it. You've got to understand why he grieves like that, why she grieves like that, and what they need from each other. And if they give each other what they need from each other, there will not be a problem. Because this isn't about their relationship. This is about loss. You know, it's not like someone's had an affair or done something awful like that. That's different. This is about just grieving differently and communicating or not. And that's why it's so important. So if you know anyone that's going through this and think, well, what can I do to help this situation? I can see that they're not not dealing with this together, not happy in their relationship, taking swipes at each other, being mean to each other, making digs, etc. Being short with each other rather than understanding, you know, being kind If you see something like that happening and you think, well, what can I do to help that situation? I'd be totally reassuring them that this is normal. This isn't isn't just them that feels this way. I'd be telling them that both males and females show their emotions very differently. You know, you've all heard of that book, haven't you? Women are from Mars and men are from Venus or vice versa. I can't remember. Um, But it's true. And explain to the mum that all dad wants to do is protect her and to make it all better. But he can't. And that in itself is an internal frustration because it makes him, for some reason, feel less of a man. He's not fulfilling his role as protector and fixer. He can't. What can he do to make this better? He can't. And that is really, really tough. Really tough for the head of a family, you know, traditionally. You can let dad know it's okay to feel like this, to feel useless, to feel out of control. But reassure them, you know, reassure them both that these feelings are normal and they can get support from people out here like us. And like I said earlier, the most important thing is, you know, to to keep them being kind to one another. There is no reason for any bile to come out in this, any toxicity to come out of this. This is about sharing and grieving the loss of a baby together not apart, together. And, you know, I've said it a thousand times, I'll say it again, you know, communication is absolutely key in this. And anyone going through this right now, maybe who listened to Samir, maybe who listened to Imogen, it's worth just really, really understanding about communication. It is better to say it than to not, even if you think you're going to upset somebody. We cannot help how we feel. If I feel in this way, that's how I feel. That doesn't make me wrong or right or bad or good. It's how I feel. I can't help how I feel, right? It's nothing to do with me. I've not made that consecutive decision to feel that way. It's my feelings. So no one, absolutely no one can tell you you are wrong or right. They may not agree with your feelings. That's absolutely fine. But you are not wrong or right. And in a relationship, if one of you sees pink and the other one sees blue, that's fine too. As long as you understand that, hey, she sees pink and he sees blue. That's okay. We're okay to be different. Still love each other. We can still communicate. We can still be together. We can still grieve together. 
obviously here we've been using examples, as I said earlier, of a heterosexual relationship. But of course, there are other partnerships that have babies too. And with communication that, you know, that applies to everybody. And it also applies to wider family and friends. Communication is absolutely key. You might have one person in your friendship group or your family who does not know how to handle loss, does not know what to say to you. Um, You know, I've said this before, probably. Um, I'll no doubt say it again. But how someone processes grief is their personal journey. It's not yours. So if they don't know what to say to you and they avoid you for a while, do not take that so personally and so defensively that that means you think they don't care about you. It isn't that they don't care about you. They just do not know what to do to show you. And again, that may be because they've been brought up differently to you. They may have been told to, you know, brush things like that under the carpet, not to highlight your loss. But we all know through listening to these podcasts and, you know, my work for the last eight, nine years, we all know that mostly people want to talk about their babies. Maybe not so much the men, but the women want their babies acknowledged. Hence that whole say my name, say their name um, trend that came out a few years ago, which was started actually, funny enough, me mentioning EastEnders. It actually came from um, the EastEnders storyline of stillbirth. If you remember Kush and his wife um, had a stillborn. We need to think about the messages in all kinds of relationships. As I say, this isn't just about men and women, but I wanted to highlight the men and women differences in all relationships, uh, I would say keep talking, including obviously friends and family. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about how you feel. Uh, discuss how you feel and why you think you feel that way. Identify it. If you're having a really bad day, okay, what's happened today? Oh, I saw her from down the road and she crossed over the road because she didn't want to acknowledge me. Okay, well, that's okay because perhaps she can't deal with that today. That's her stuff, not mine. So I'm not now going to sit and fester on this and overthink it and make myself feel like crap. There's no need to. It's not helpful. If it isn't helpful, sack it off. It is just not worth putting yourself through any more pain, distress or anxiety than what you're doing already in this grief process. You're, you've got enough on right now. You don't need to take someone else's on as well because they've annoyed you because they've crossed over the road or you know something similar I'm giving you an example there describe what you need if someone says are you okay don't say yes no I'm not okay if you don't feel comfortable talking about it uh I'm having a bit of a bad day today just so you know I just want you to be aware I'm having a bit of a bad day today but I don't really want to talk about it if that's okay or I'm having a bit of a bad day today and if you feel open to talking about it with me that that would be lovely that's that's as simple as it is. Acknowledging and validating your own feelings. Saying what you feel and why you feel that way. Asking for what you need. I need to talk about it or I don't. Listening. Not talking, listening to your partner. What do they need from you? The same way as what you need from them, what do they need from you? And mainly I think... It's about remembering that actually you two are joined together in this grief. You both love each other. You both love the baby you've lost. And you're both going to grieve that baby together. 
but that love that you have for each other has to be the glue that you concentrate on through grieving differently, being understanding, being kind, and seeking help if it's needed. Not doing this on your own, not trying to fathom your way through this alone, because it's tough. And it's not always possible to do that. And, you know, if you can get through this together, losing a child and sticking together through that process, which is so very, very tough, you can pretty much get through anything that life throws at you. And that's something to be really proud of. You know, there are other relationships, as I said earlier, they do, they do fail. And there's no judgment there on failing because sometimes you see a different side to somebody that you love in grief. And sometimes it's not a side that you want or can get over. And sometimes people change so massively in grief that they grow apart. And again, that is nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not with my husband now, after what happened with us, with our trauma and our grief. Um, And it's a massive part of it, a massive part of the reason why. So there is no judgment here. There is no right or wrong. You have to do what's right for you in a relationship. But 90% of the time, I would hope that, you know, communication, talking, understanding, kindness, all those things that you would want from anyone going through something like this, you give to each other. And I would hope that, you know, if you did struggle and you did seek help, that it would be okay. But it's not always okay, is it? That's what we know now. We're not in that naivety that life's sweet and everything's okay. Like Samir said, everything's positive. No, it's not. We're now very, very, very aware of what curveballs life can throw at us. And it's about how we deal with it, how we process it and being aware of ourselves and knowing ourselves and trusting ourselves to be able to come out the other end. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today. Quite a lot in there now, I'm thinking back. But, you know, as always, this won't be the first time we talk about this. It certainly won't be the last because it's a big part of the grieving process. If you want to uh, email in, please email kelly at makingmiracles.org.uk and I would love to hear from you. If anyone out there listening wants to come on and chat to me or has any feedback, please send me an email. We have lots of amazing interviews coming up. It's also a bit of a special for Baby Loss Awareness Week, which I'm really excited about. And I will share more with you later. For now, please take care and um, I'll speak to you soon.